Welcome to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast where we're going to be exploring above and below the surface. We'll take in a deep dive into the world of fishing, diving, and surfing. Every week, we're going to sit down with experts to learn more about them and get their freshest, hottest takes on all things salty. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. I'm your host, Kieran Anderson, and today we have April Zilgon again. How are you? I'm stoked to have you on right now, and we're going to be talking about the Carolina Cup. I I'm fantastic. I'm stoked to be here yet again. And I am even more excited to talk about the Carolina Cup, like probably one of my favorite and least favorite at the same time stand up paddle races of all time. So you're in Hawaii right now. Yes. You're frothing out day by day because you're not really like that. You just travel and send life we're talking we're going to be talking about the carolina cup but first off i want to talk to you about hawaii so you're in hawaii what are you doing there um i came out for two weeks of training with other incredibly fast people in my (laughs) outrigger canoe um because where i currently live right now I, i live on a lake it's very flat there's no real wind or conditions and there's nobody else that paddles there. So Mm -hmm. it's fine for your base season, you know, putting in a lot of long, boring, slow miles on the water with your headphones in all by yourself. But when it comes time to start peaking for a race and you need to push yourself, it really helps to have some other people alongside of you during those training paddles. So that is why I'm here. There was also a race this past weekend, but yeah. <laughs> so what what went down in the race? Why y'all Was it gnarly? No, it was the opposite of gnarly. Um, the Koanui, the Koanui is naturally gnarly. It, it's the early season race. It's really big for paddlers out here in Hawaii, and it's a three stage race. There's a sprint and a short, a short. There's like a sprint and a a medium distance the first day. And then Sunday, it's a 17 mile point to point race. And if the wind isn't blowing like it was not this past weekend, it is long, it is hot, it is flat. What is the, what's a medium, what's a medium distance? Six, seven miles. Dude. Like a 10K? That is so gnarly. That is so (laughs) sketchy. I don't understand how you guys do this. It's so gnarly. I can like run like a mile and then I feel like I'm winded. So <laughs> you, you really, build it up little by little. <laughs> I'm just joking. I could run yeah. a good amount, but I don't know about paddling that long. <laughs> Actually, I probably could now that I think you about could. it though, because I I probably can run less than I can paddle because I'm always surfing. Same. Oh uh, yeah. You absolutely would probably surprise yourself a lot because you have this shoulder musculature. Yeah, Yeah. I I actually paddle as my outrigger canoe. I paddle as fast as I run. Shoulder shoulder musculature. That's funny. So, all right, let's get on topic here. Carolina Cup, talk to me about it. it. What the heck is it? It is the like premier stand-up paddleboard race, one of the biggest races in the entire world. I think one year back in the the 20 teens, it was the biggest race uh, in all of stand-up for the year in the world in terms of participants, right? Um, Uh It's on the East Coast. It's in Wilmington, like Wrightsville Beach, North Carolina. And 
there's three different courses. There's a, a three mile inner protected Harbor loop race, which is perfect for beginners, people who have never paddled before. Then there is the, yeah, no, you'd crush it. Then there's like the six mile race, which adds an extra island to the little Harbor Loop Island, still protected, still in inland waters, part of the intercoastal waterway, Banks Channel and stuff like that. Um, But it kind of ups the distance. People start getting you know, a little more comfortable and you're exposed to more tide and more wind. And then kind of the piece de resistance is the the Carolina Cup uh, graveyard race, which Sick. launches and, and returns through the surf at the Blockade Runner Beach Resort. The Blockade Runner, by the way, the host hotel has been the host hotel since like the beginning. And it like you go there for the race, you stay at the hotel, they've got like a sauna, the pool, like you go race your brains out, like you can chill in the sauna afterwards. Um, but wow. shout out to the blockade runner because they put up with wet, sandy, stinky, smelly paddlers for like a whole week. That's um, so sick. And they feed them tons <laughs> of yummy food. So it at, right out front of the blockade runner. So if you're not racing, you can see it from your room. And in years past, there's been like absolute carnage and you launch, run out through the surf. You got to time it or don't time it. (laughs) And so you're going to punch out with your 14 foot race board through the surf, which some years there's, there's been barely anything, maybe like double over ankle. And then this past (laughs) year it was overhead um, for the sprint races. And it can mess you up because especially this year, with all the like the fall and winter storms, instead of there yeah. being a nice gradual sand beach to to kind of like run and punch out through, there was like this huge drop off. And then it just made the water even more turbulent, made the sand like it was almost aerated. So you couldn't run. It I was like running that. in quicksand. Oh, gosh, it was it was the hardest year to date. Um, it so, was absolutely carnage. So they have like a bunch of different classes. You said they have a beginner class for people like me, and then they have like what intermediate and advanced and all that. Yep. So this, yeah, those three races. And I think on Sunday they have kids races um, uh, on I the sound that. side. That sounds sick. The, the kids, kids race. Yeah. You can help with the kids race. No, I would be a part of that. They would you probably can... still beat me. They would. Uh, in all honesty, yeah. There's the <laughs> no, no joke. There's, oh my goodness, a, that's so the, heavy. <laughs> the Wrightsville Beach Junior Elite Team. They're they're so pretty. Gnarly. Yeah, they're pretty gnarly. Yeah, they're pretty what, good uh, at what they do. So how many how many competitors are there? This last year, you know, with everything going on, it there was probably only around a hundred. But the year that it set the world record for the large, largest stand up event, I think it was close to a thousand paddlers. What are you across kidding me? all the races? Dude, that's so yeah. gnarly to think about because if you think about like surf contests, there's like maybe 32 people in an event. Mm-hmm. Like that's like not a lot. And then you think about like these paddleboard races and you're, you just said a thousand. That is insane. That's yeah, so I, trippy. I Have you ever won it, the Carolina Cup? I, I won this last year. Are you but, kidding? So there's a thousand people, dude. Well, you are so gnarly. People this year. I don't <laughs> think people small, realize. It was you guys small. listening in right now. <laughs> April is gnarly. Like she is an animal. Like she freaking trains hard. She goes at it. Like she is gnarly. That is 
freaking gnarly. A thousand people just, oh yeah, I'll take, I'll take the top, dude. It's all good. No, in the women's division. And it doesn't um, matter. There definitely was not a thousand people this past year because of the wind. A lot of people pulled out. And I've been working at that for 10 years. My that Carolina was actually my first race ever. Yeah. It was the first race I ever signed up for. I didn't finish. I was a DNF, DFL and DNF. That's rad. Yeah. That is cool. I, I could, I was holding my paddle backwards <laughs> <laughs> just to be, to be completely transparent. You're such a legend. No, but I mean, it just shows what kind of commitment you have in your, in your back of your mind, right? Like you go back and you say, I want to win this race and you did it. So what, um, would you, would you say that this is like, one of the gnarliest races in stand-up paddleboarding? It can be, you know, conditions dependent. I mean, it's always mother nature, right? Like it's not, it's never really the course. It's whatever mother nature throws at you that day. There was actually, there was a gnarlier race I did once up in Delaware where they didn't have the permits to run with the wind. And so we like paddled for 10 miles into a 30 mile an hour headwind that's um, that was that was horrible and that was frightening that was early That's in my rad. career and i didn't like that uh, but it made no, me a much stronger paddler and then to date the hardest race i have ever ever done and i've done like 100 mile races i've done <clears throat> whitewater races yep. but hands down the hardest race i've ever done i didn't complete it was the Red Bull heavy water in and out of the surf. We raced from Olympic Park under the Golden Gate Gate Bridge in San Francisco. And we then you had to turn left around a buoy the fog. We couldn't even see. And we were supposed to surf in blind, never having seen the break or anything that was going on 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 the beach. And you had to surf in, like surf up onto the beach and, and head back out. And I made it in. Um, like holding my board for dear life. And then I, I never made it back out. Cause I, I mean, so frankly, I couldn't see with the fog. So you, I, there was yeah. no like timing it. Like, Oh, there's a little low in the so set heavy. or it was very heavy. So, <clears throat> what is the Carolina the cup? Is the Carolina <laughs> cup water. to you? Like the most important race? It has been for the past decade. Yeah. Um, it was always the key event on my calendar each year. Um, so you moving, do every year? Yes. Yeah. I think I only missed one year when I was living abroad in India. You lived in India? I did for four, uh, 12 months, 14 no months. No way. What did you do over there? That's sick. I surfed. And um, did we talk about this last time? I don't I know. I forget. I don't think we did. <laughs> oh, yeah. I um, my, my husband, my now husband, went over and um, he works for courting. And, and like we went over there to do some stuff and I wasn't allowed to work with my visas. So I ended up living like in a surf ashram and surfing with like these surfing swamis. And then I, I went and helped kind of, I guess, organize a little bit the India surf festival on the East coast. And outside of that, I went and paddled a bunch of like high altitude lakes and rivers. And at the time set the world record for highest altitude. Oh, we did did talk about this. Yeah. Okay. That's like, I thought, I thought we said that. Well, at least, at least we're talking about it again because whoever's listening in, that's like, who's April? Well, you just heard it like high altitude, gnarly freaking dude. April gets after it. It's pretty sick. Um, 
<clears throat> All right, back on topic. Actually, back on topic. The Carolina Cup, for real. Carolina Cup. What's like preparation for the Carolina Cup? You're obviously in Hawaii right now. And the yeah. winds and conditions in Hawaii are super gnarly. So that's a, probably a really good place to prepare. It is. Like I said, it, this is a great place to prepare because there's other incredibly fast people to to push yourself against in training. But up until this point, it's been just a lot of base work. Yeah. You know, I can't discount that. Like you can't just say, Oh, I want to do this, you know, in like 16, even like 16 weeks later, be, be ready. I mean, you can be as ready as you're going to be. And mm -hmm. obviously you can do some higher intensity training and that comes online pretty quickly. But if you want to be successful at like longer distance, aerobic style events, you, you can't skip that, like that base training. And since, 10 years ago, when I started paddling, I had zero base training under my belt for like my entire life. It is, it's taken me every bit of the last 10 years to, to even just be on the level as a lot of these other paddlers. That is gnarly. So would you say, I, I've got like a, a legitimate question for you because you are competitive mindset and I am too, when it comes to surfing, but it's a, my competitive mindset might be a little bit different. So Last year, during the Carolina Cup, you said you won. Um, after you won, what was your mindset right after you won? Was it like, I'm going to come back and I'm going to win again? I'm going to train even harder to make sure that I win? Or is it, I'm just going to kind of like do my races, have a good time? Because when you win an event, you're an all-time high, right? And it's hard mm -hmm. to to just like keep sending it, but you should I don't know. It's, it's hard. You want to click that in your mind to keep sending it and train hard and, and do that. So that's, that's my question for you. It is. Um, the Carolina cup was such like an emotional sink for me yeah. for so many years that it actually like when I was able to like, the name is on the perpetual trophy now and then the blockade runner, like the goal was achieved within a decade. Yeah. <laughs> like, it almost started hindering my ability to prioritize other events that yeah. I was I was truly interested in because there's the ICF World Sub Championships, there's an ISA World Sub Championships, there's races like Molokai Solo, the the big outrigger race out here that goes from Molokai to Oahu. Yeah, um, gnarly. Like there's <laughs> all these races that I've always really wanted to do and and I just didn't feel like I could focus on them until that goal was met. So yeah. when I crossed that finish line, it was more of a relief. Like, oh, thank God, I like I did it, and it's yeah. it's it is done. And if it doesn't happen again, it's because I have made a choice in my life to focus on something else. So your so your decision of which race you want to win next might have changed, right? So. Maybe you want to change it to the Molokai race or. Which I just heard was canceled for this year, which oh, is geez. the other reason I was out here training. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, so it, there's still <clears throat> stuff going on, right? In the world yeah. that is out of it's, our hands. It's, it's interesting. It's interesting to hear you talk about that because there's surf contests that, that when you're in the surf industry, you want to win, right? Pipe masters. That mm -hmm. is like, if you win pipe, that's a crown on your head. You're the king of pipe, right? 
um that's like the ultimate contest to win right and so um the carolina cup sounds like it was that for you but Mm -hmm. i just didn't know like there are very very few people in this world that are like kelly slater right where he's 50 years old and he comes back every single year and says i'm gonna win a world title i'm gonna win a world title i'm gonna win a world title he's got what 11 under his belt or something so he's trying to get that 12th world title will he get it i have no idea you know does it matter it doesn't like, matter. He exactly. 11, At this point, right? it doesn't matter. It, I think it's, you become more almost in love with the process. I'm still yeah. training for the Carolina Cup. Yes, it is. Like, exactly. If year after year passed and and I hadn't achieved that goal, it, like it would start feeling, I think you'd start feeling more and more anxiety. Like maybe I'm never going to reach that goal. Like how much of my life did I spend towards this? And it and you never realize something, but something I, I did actually come to terms with before I, yeah. I finally won the race was that it, it didn't matter to me anymore. I actually stopped wanting to win. Like you can't wow. not, when you're out there on the course, you have to want it in that yeah. day, in that moment to be able to push yourself that Absolutely. hard. Absolutely. If you're not feeling it or like you can't get that motivation on the course, it's, it's not going to happen. And Unless like there's no competition at that particular event. Um, and you do have that motivation though. You have that motivation that a lot of people do not have, right? Either, even mm-hmm. the men's side versus the women's side, it doesn't matter. You have that motivation. You have that mindset of a competitive winner. So you have won the Carolina Cup. And I know just speaking from you and talking to you from before too, you can win it again. You probably will win it again. You'll probably win it this year. You have that mindset. You You train hard. You do your stuff. You literally just told me, two minutes before the podcast started. Oh yeah. I, I was almost late, you know, like let me have my you know, fruits real quick and chill because I was at the gym. There are people that, yeah, exactly. Right. So there's people that don't do that. There's people you're going above and yeah. beyond to better yourself for this next Carolina cup well in Hawaii. And you've been doing that all year. So. Yes. But the, the key point being and it's it's almost like a Taoist principle too like when when you stop striving incredibly hard for something and I didn't want to believe that right like and people say that all the time about relationships the second I stopped looking for a boyfriend I got one you know like it's I I agree (laughs) see I agree I, I had finally just come to terms with like if I never ever win the Carolina Cup I am not when I started down this path 10 years ago, like I could not run one mile without stopping. I was yeah. overweight. Um, I was very unhealthy. I, yeah. I ate like very poor dietary choices. Um, my, my brain didn't function the way it functions now. My life wasn't as full and as rich as it is now, even yeah. without the win, right? Like I'm so grateful for everything that I have without the win. And so with that kind of in my mind, I was like, I'm okay with, with it never happening. And that and it literally happened. Well, that's <laughs> usually what happens though. I mean, when, when yeah. you're having fun, when you're having yep. fun in anything, right? Surfing, soccer, football, whatever sport you're doing, um, stand up paddleboarding. Uh, that's when you win. That mm-hmm. is when you win. Because I will say one thing in surfing, it's almost easier because when you surf and you're having the most fun, the judges see that and the judges yeah. love that style of surfing and you're just out there having the best time ever. You get the best waves because your mindset is there. 
and then you win and you go, what the heck? How did I just win? I didn't even train like, but you're having, but you were just fun. having fun. Yeah. But it's, that's actually really well studied in peer reviewed yeah. scientific literature. So it's, it's a mindset. So when you say mindset, it's actually being in a parasympathetic state versus a sympathetic state, yeah. which is your rest and digest system is your parasympathetic state. And then that fight or flight is a sympathetic. So when you're like, you're like full of anxiety and almost nervous, like too nervous to compete. And you're just, you will never find that flow state. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're having fun and you're just playing and you're relaxing and letting that like activity just come to you, that's when you find flow. That's when yeah. like everything's lined up and and things almost come effortlessly. They're, trust me, it's not effortless, as you can probably attest. Even yeah. when you're surfing and yeah, you're yeah. having fun, you're you're <clears throat> out of breath. But it's it's just a completely different, it's like a different electric. Feel. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So so when you're training the stuff, to, how much does your diet change when you're preparing yourself for a, an event like this? I try to eat healthy throughout the year because yeah. for me, like like I mentioned you know, I'm, I'm thankful and I'm grateful whether the win happens or not. So it's, it's kind of like I've changed my life. And these are things that if I had to do something super strict or super, super crazy to win a race, you know, I probably, it wouldn't be sustainable, especially for 10 yeah. years. Like it has to, it has to be a part of my daily regular life. But ever since I was four, I liked broccoli better than you know, chocolate chip cookies anyway. Like the other kids would always be, what the, what's that green stuff as they like Hoover chocolate chip cookies? And yeah. I'm like, uh, broccoli, what's wrong with you, kid? Um, <clears throat> so that's actually never been a, a hard thing for me to, to eat really healthy. It, yeah. I fell off the bandwagon in college, obviously, for the, the overweight and um, unhealthy eating phase of my life. But once I got back on it into track, like on track, it was... It was fine. So I don't do anything Out too crazy. Yeah. I, I I eat, but as training volume increases and training intensity increases, caloric intake has to increase or else you can't hold that training load and recover. So I eat anywhere from like three to 4,000 calories a day. And wow. if it's a high, a high intensity phase, more carbohydrates, especially for like endurance exercise. Uh, a lot of people, I went through a phase too, where my, my diet was really restricted for a while when I started trying to get healthy and started trying to train because you, mm -hmm. you hear all this stuff on the, in the internet world and, and on the news, like, well, carbs make you fat or, you know, rice leaches nutrients from your bones. I look at a certain point, there wasn't any food. I felt like I could eat. Like to me, everything had been demonized and I actually struggled with, uh, energy deficiency syndrome and under eating, which contributed to like overtraining and, and subpar performances. And it wasn't until I just kind of threw all of that BS out the window and said, no, I just, <laughs> I can eat rice. I can eat beans. I can eat tacos. I like, I eat tons of fruits and vegetables and bananas aren't the devil. Or like, if you're moving your body and using your brain every day, you have to eat food. Um, yeah. So it was, I, I just eat a lot. And I think I said this the last time we chatted, the, the hardest thing 
for me as a professional athlete has been learning how to eat enough. Yeah. And I think it's that's hard because we're always doing short. something. So it's like, oh, no, I don't need to eat. But we I, do yeah, need to eat. But you do. Lot. You got to <clears throat> yeah. eat how, all the food. How many days a week are you paddling before a race? Oh, goodness. Well, year round, I always keep the, the days per week about the same. It's about okay. five, five, six days a week. I have one full off day. Oh, you do? Usually. Okay, wow. um, and one day where I do like gym work and jog and take it off the water. But mm-hmm. You know, like if the waves are good or it's really pretty out, I'll just go for like a little toodle because I like it. Um, little so, toodle. yeah, between five it. and six days on the water. And a lot of those, well, most every day is a two a day workout. Yeah. That's pretty gnarly. I hate the two days. Actually, I do like them because you sleep so good. You sleep. So I good. sleep like a baby. <laughs> like what? A- um. Do you, do you get nervous before these events? I used to, um, just back to like accepting it as it comes now. I'm not as nervous anymore. Like, I don't feel like I have much to prove. Like I'm getting a little older too. So, so when go time hits, you're just like, let's just have fun. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of wet my, um, my eyes with the water. So I dip my fingers in the, like the seawater and wet my eyes and kind of do a, a breath hold to activate the mammalian dive reflex, bring my heart rate way down. And I try to start the race with the lowest heart rate possible. What, uh, um, what do you do to get yourself instead of being up jacked up? Uh, I like music. Music's good. But like I said, I don't want to be too pumped. I want to so use all I've my energy on the course. <laughs> Okay. I've got a really funny one because I love to surf big waves and everybody's like, oh, you must listen to like Metallica before you surf big waves, right? <laughs> it's a no, baby shark. <laughs> not at all. I listen to like M83, like the Cranberries, like That's Mellow, good. like Zombie by the Cranberries. Yep. Ah, you know, like I, I get you, you know how you get in that mindset of you're just like, I will crush this wave or I will crush this event. Yeah. And you're just like, that's it, I mellow out like I'm so ADD that I have to listen to really really mellow music to get myself pumped up it's weird but that's my yeah, thing. That's I my feel thing. you no I I'd rather be relaxed and that's just coming back to but that's different than a sprint right so in an all-out sprint if it's like three minutes or less I do I like I need some up music Metallica. get pumped Yes, something like yes. heavy and motivational. Um, yep. If it is a, but if it's like an aerobic slog, like a really long ultra dur- endurance race, like there's no need to get all amped up. You need to preserve that energy yeah. for that long duration. So I'd rather be a little chill and a little mellow. Do you have like a day of uh, routine that you do? You know, I feel like I should. <laughs> Dude, you and I are so alike because I have no routine. I just wake up, but I get psyched up in the morning. So I'll wake up super early. I do too. And I'll have coffee and be like, yeah, dude, the waves are firing right now. Like, oh, I remember I was doing a contest in Oregon, a big wave event. I woke up at like 530, had probably like five cups of coffee and I was just frothing. And then my heat was at like 930 in the morning, 10 a.m. But I was just frothing. So I go, I'm going to go 
surf by myself real quick in the shore break. And I had a photographer with me. So we went and shot photos and stuff. And it was super fun. I was just getting barreled and like having a good time. And then I got back in and I was like, I probably shouldn't have surfed already. Like, I feel so tired already. (laughs) I just have no like routine, you know, I just wanted to froth out. And that's just how it is. Like, I feel like there's those people that have a routine. There's those people that don't have a routine and either one of them can do really well in an event. So, um, yeah, I I find that especially like when you're traveling and like every event is so different and paddle races, like they never start on time and like on the off chance that there is one that's starting on time and the racers meetings are always at a different time. If you have like a set routine, you're going to get to that event and you're not gonna like, they're going to throw you off. Like something's going to happen and you're not going to be able to stick to your routine. And if like you can't perform without that routine, you're kind of screwed. So it's better to just maybe go with the just flow. Do just do it. That's how I am. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a go so. with the flow kind of guy. <clears throat> um, are there any like certain rules that you have to follow before each race? During the race? Like before it. So like, like is there like any like, oh, you can only use this size board or like, I don't know, like board limits and like stuff like that yes um at the world championship events there is board measuring and check-in and you get a sticker on your craft so the races for now almost all races are on 14 foot stand-up paddle boards there used to be a 12-6 division sometimes kids still race on 12-6 but all adults are pretty much 14. Now, if you have like a small all around board, like a 10, six, 11, six, or something like that, or a rec board, you can race in the open class. It's not going to be as competitive as a 14 foot race board, but it, if you're doing it for fun, what does it matter? Um, but yeah, there's, there's really no limits on things like width or weight or like hide or, or anything like that these days, like there is with certain Olympic sports. Yeah. Which is really interesting because it's driven the, I guess the, the technology behind the boards. When I first started radi- racing 10 years ago, I felt like a 28, like a 26, 28 inch wide board was pretty narrow. And yeah. now I'm racing like a 21 inch wide board and I'm, I'm comfortable which is crazy. <laughs> That's rad. That's so sick though. So here, this is a really gnarly question to ask you, but what drives you when you're before an event? <clears throat> is it like the trophy? Just, is it just like, what, what is it? That's a good question. Um, for me, it's definitely always been about kind of self-improvement and filling in my gaps because I, I learn a little bit more about myself every race I do um, because the conditions are different every race. So this last race, um, there was it, like it was super flat and I just kind of realized that my flat water endurance wasn't really where it needs to be. Whereas, you know, had it been a downwind race, 
you know, I was able to, I would be able to see where my downwinding skills are or are not. And so yeah. in every race, I kind of figure out what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. And I get to go back home and, and just, it gives me something unique or something interesting to hold my attention to work towards and work on. Because if there's nothing to work towards to get better, it, it, it really does get boring. Yeah. That's so that, that is true, hundred percent. Yeah. If, if you if you have nothing to work for, I mean Yeah. You're gonna you're like, gonna take something else up. I mean, I'm sure it's similar in surfing. Like you get to a competition and you like you do all your best moves, but if somebody shows up and like their their snapback or something is just a little sharper, they send yeah. out just a little bit more spray or if like you look at them surfing and you're like, oh crap. Like that, that the judges noticed it. In yeah. all honesty, I notice it too. It gives you something to go back and, and work towards. So if you're yeah. first every time, I mean, I, you could get, you're here at high risk uh, for <laughs> someone to, to come and overtake you. So yeah. I have a pretty healthy mix. I'm not first all the time. I'm first, I'm second, I'm third. Hey, that's I'm, good though. I'm 10th. Um, so I'm all over the place because the events are also different, but it, it keeps, keeps you on your toes. Have you ever had anybody that came up to you to ask you about getting prepared for the Carolina cup? Or do you have any advice for somebody that would come up to you and ask that? People ask. Yes. I have people ask that all the time. Um, base work, base work, base work, base work, paddle in rough windy tidal conditions you need to <laughs> so gnarly the way you just you explain that it just reminds me of why yeah but you have to get out there you can't paddle in a flat water lake every day like in inland yeah. north carolina and be like oh i'm gonna go do the carolina cup this weekend you're probably not gonna be able to stand on your board um yeah. and if it's the graveyard you need to go out and like you need to go stay at the blockade runner for a couple of nights like earlier on in the season or even so if like you raced it this year and it didn't happen how you wanted it to happen, you should probably book a like a room for a couple of little mini vacations. I call them traincations and get there and do the graveyard a few more times, like experience what it is like and just get more time on your feet in that inlet, like in the surf against the tide repetition with, of yes different like things all the different things yeah so gnarly so. well are, are you excited i'm super excited yeah so sick you're gonna yeah. crush it i'm ready can't wait man. to see you win i'm pumped <laughs> for this year you better post it on your instagram that you win i'm holding okay. up the trophy this year. okay Ow! you're gonna win i, f I feel it i feel all it. right all right <laughs> feeling good about this <laughs> i'm feeling good everybody else listening in right now is feeling good you're gonna crush it and we're psyched for you i'm excited carolina cup <laughs> april's gonna win we are on well april thank you so much for coming on again yeah no thanks for having me it was a it was a good chat all about the carolina cup <laughs> i know it's sick i love it it's so sick it's kind of like it's kind of one of those things where it's just like I did, I've never even heard about this, the Carolina Cup. Oh, really? Never. So I was kind of, I was pretty stoked when that was brought up to talk about the Carolina Cup. I was like, okay, cool. I'm down. <laughs> like, it looks sick. It sounded sick. So 
Um, well, they, yeah. um, you should come out and at least watch. The weekend before is the Carolina Pro-Am. It is a stand-up paddle surfing competition. You should like just see what that's all about. There's good good prize money. When are the dates for this? Um, the Carolina Cup is the 30th of April, so okay. the very last Saturday in April. And the weekend uh-huh. before is the Carolina Pro-Am. And that will, I'm pretty sure... Even though the Blockade Runner's hosting it, it's out in front of Oceanic Pier, um, a little south of the Blockade Runner. So the weekend and before that, the 23rd, 24th. You got to see what it's all about. I mean, because really good Can surfers. I your boards? Yeah, totally. Absolutely. I've <laughs> Dude, actually got some pretty sick rides. Let's There's, hit out some of the people from Zoll Live and see if we can get a crew together out there. That I mean, so Colin's fun. usually there. That event is sponsored by Salt Life. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Salt Life's been putting that event on for goodness, probably five years at least. I know you should really be there. And, you know, it's, I think you're going to be surprised because you might get your butt kicked by a a paddler because you don't have any blade articulation skills for your paddle blade. Because you can't, you can't surf with your body. You have I'm to use literally going to get off this. I'm going to get off this right now, and I'm going to call Tiffany and Katie and ask them if I can go. You've got to go. So and then, are you going to be yeah. there the weekend before, too? Absolutely. Okay. I won the, um, so last year, I won the women's longboard sup division. So they actually divided it out. I Dude, something um, is so hard. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> I've done it. I've done it. I do it out in front of Carlsbad. It's so hard. Jurgens. The guy that started K5, he is so good at stand-up paddleboarding. And he's like, oh, dude, come over and grab a board for me. And I started doing it. I'm like, yeah, I can do it. But it is really freaking hard, dude. It's hard. No, it's easier than you think. It's You okay, just got to you know let, let the wave do the work. You got to find flow. You got to have yes. fun. <clears throat> and so I they know, do. I, they divide it, it up. It There's the... Fun. There's a sup short board, like as short as a sup can oh, be, Oh, that's right? me. I'm on that one. So there's the sup short board and then there's the sup long board divisions. Perfect. So long board stand-up is obviously judged on, you know, like cross-stepping, riding the nose, like just really graceful and flowy maneuvers. And then the short board sup division is exactly what it sounds like. More aggressive, like cutbacks, you know, switchbacks. But deep that. gouging bottom turns, just Love trying that. to like hack the top off the wave, sending spray out for days. That- <laughs> I, I'm in for that. I know. Well, enjoy your time in Hawaii. Will do. Got to go and back. Thank you I so much for coming train. on. No, thank you, you so much train, for having yeah. me. I'm gonna go train some more. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening in to Above and Below. I'm Kieran Anderson, and April. Thank you so much for coming on, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening in to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Real Salt Life. If you've enjoyed this episode, rate and review us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast to help spread the word. And remember, stay salty.